2: Jemmy, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning for December thirtieth, twenty twenty,
1: episode twenty five eighty eight. The Hitam crew is off enjoying the holidays, and we hope you are too. Today, we have a special treat for you. Listen in as we take you back to the beginning of Horse Radio Network—yes, the very beginning. Join Helena and Glenn on the first real episode ever to peer on HRN. Published August of 2008, listen in to episode two of the Stable Scoop radio show. Truly, this is how it all
3: started 12 years ago and over 11,000 episodes ago. The gang will be back with new episodes next Monday. Before we get
1: started, let's hear from the sponsors that make it all possible.
0: (music) Visit slash hrn Don't miss your chance to shop blowout prices on blankets, apparel, saddles, tack, and everything you need or want from top brands like Defender, Gatsby, Wintech, Kensington, Ariat, Weatherbeater, Iridian, IRH helmets, carrots, and so much more. Plus, you can find special hourly flash sales with over fifty percent off. Stateline Tack—they make riding affordable.
2: In 2006, Daily Dose Equine was founded by Janet Geyer when she was searching for better feed options for her own horses and couldn't find them. Today, Daily Dose Equine's seven different feed and forage balance formulas provide all types of horses with the quality nutrients they need, but none of the fillers or additives they don't. Daily Dose is made with non GMO ingredients. You won't find any wheat middlings or distillers grains in Daily Dose Equine formulas. Plus, Feeds are flame-roasted to improve digestibility, lower NSCs, and eliminate mold, bacteria, and other contaminants. You can learn more about Daily Dose Equine at DailyDoseEquine.com. And Daily Dose Equine feeds and forage balancers are available nationwide through Chewy.com.
0: Episode 2 of the Stable Scoop radio show, Poop-eating worms and other Olympic news.
2: Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, Life from a stable, it's every week They're Bringing the news through hell, hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop
0: Stable Scoop, stable Scoop. I am Glenn the Geek.
1: And I am Helena B. And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network.
0: Hey, Helena, how about that new theme song? Isn't that pretty spiffy?
1: I love it. I love it.
0: I know. That is really cool. And actually, that was done by a friend of mine by the name of Rob. He uh, lives in Pennsylvania, and they're musicians. They, they have a group called the Rob and Todd Show, two guys mm-hmm. who uh, play a lot of clubs and get hired to do gigs. And I asked him if he would do a theme for us, and that, I didn't give him any guidance at all, and that's what he came up with. (laughs)
1: i just like to hear my name set music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know it is cool it's so it's so exciting to have our own theme song so i think everybody's going to hear that they'll hear it at the beginning of every show so they'll know we're listening to the stable scoop radio show i have to listen again to that middle part something about poop i don't know if he was picking on us there no that's Uh, the best
1: part laugh till you poop who doesn't
0: do that (laughs) come on (laughs) <laughs> all right uh, we have a full show today and so much to cover. oh by the way i will put a link to the Robin todd show i'll put a link to their myspace address in the show notes so anybody that may need them to record any music for them or anything they'll be happy to do it and i'll put a link in the show notes cool we have a lot to cover today what are we talking about
1: Oh boy, we've got, uh, we're going to start off with news and there's a lot of it this week, especially with the Olympics. Um, We have a wonderful discussion, an Olympics discussion with Jackie Baker of RegardingHorses.com. That's a fabulous blog. And of course, with the showdown and the jumping finals at the Olympics against Canada, we razz our friends to the north a little bit. Um, we spoke with a very nice lady named Sylvia Schneider, who also has an equine podcast that is called, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this, Equinely Inclined.
0: That's it, equinelyinclined.com. Yes.
1: And uh, some noteworthy events and a whole lot more.
0: Good. Sounds like we have a full show today. Let's start off like we're going to start off every show with the news. And I have, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know me, I don't go for the traditional stories. I find, I'm a horse husband, I find the the weird stuff fascinating. So we're going to open the first news episode of the Stable Scoop radio show with manure specifically manure at the Olympics, actually, Jackie did a story on regarding horses about how they're handling the manure for the Olympics in Hong Kong. And I just found it kind of fascinating. They have 200 horses, and they spent almost $5 million building a composting plant to deal with the manure for this Olympics and for the Paralympics that's coming up next month. Oh, my goodness. They spent $5 million. The the Chinese were real serious about making sure everything worked here, but they spent $5 million on a composting plant. Now, you have to understand, 200 horses isn't that many. At the Kentucky Horse Park, they'll have 1,000 over the weekend on on every weekend.
1: Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of poop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's still a lot of poop. They said it's 20 to 30 tons a day.
1: 20 to 30 tons a day. But this, I'm guessing that the $5 million were spent more on the technology versus um, the size.
0: Well, you know what the technology is? And I had to laugh at this, too, because they're using earthworms from mainland China that basically turn the feces into fertilizer. And so that's what they're doing. And then I got to laughing and thinking, didn't they have any earthworms in Hong Kong? Are they special earthworms? You know, there was just a lot of questions it brought up all about manure. (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's there's the first story. And I got a, I had to laugh too. I have to read this part of it. It says in an effort to stage a green Olympics, the process is aimed at eliminating pathogens and containing potentially odorous emissions. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: All right. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> I like the earthworms part. I like that, you know, that whole green process, the breaking down of horse poop, but potentially odorous just to say stinky
0: yes exactly exactly and do the earthworms just eat the stink and what? if that's well you know i i just got thinking about that i was thinking well you know lysol is probably going to be selling earthworms in a can soon if that's the case
1: do, do somebody's <laughs> going to come back and hear just that section of this podcast I know. do <laughs> earthworms <laughs> eat the stink <laughs> I just found
0: the whole story funny.
1: But I I know what you mean. No, I think the earthworms contribute to the breakdown. The earthworms um, uh, actually aid in the composting of the material.
0: Yeah, but eating the stink is funnier. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't know how you're going to transition from that story into safety stirrups.
1: Okay, well, the Olympics. I don't know how you're going to It, it do just that. runs the gamut. This is what you're going to find <laughs> in the Far East. Uh, well, actually, anywhere. The, the news topic that I've got for today is safety stirrups for Olympians. And I am so excited to read this because when I first started riding, a grown-up, using safety stirrups was a no-no, or you were kind of looked upon as a sissy. And um, I'm really glad to see that safety has gone up from the lowest of the low, from the the little kids and ponies and beginner adults all the way up to to Olympians. In fact, Rodrigo Pessoa and Ludger Bierbaum are among two Olympians who use this new high-tech stirrup. These things are freakishly high-tech and I wouldn't even know how to pronounce the name, X-Up Stirrups. Anyway, they feature an automatic release, which you can get with any kind of stirrup, a peacock stirrup, or right, right. Um, they have those new fancy squiggly stirrups and, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But it's, uh, it's kind of cool that everybody's thinking about safety, not just the, for the kids and the, the beginner adults.
0: And we'll put a link, actually, so they can see, or we'll put a picture on the show notes. Yep. So they can act. Now, I can't imagine these things are cheap.
1: No. I mean, come on, anything that's high-tech and and as soon as you put the word equestrian in front of it, they're gonna jack the price i up. mean
0: they're they're really what uh, I had read what around two hundred sixty five euros which is almost four hundred
3: dollars yeah,
1: well, I mean herm Springer puts out their their bow balance stirrups, which are also a safety stirrup because of the design of the um the actual iron the metal, and those are two hundred and change. So, do you know that
0: those that kind of pricing on, on a thing like stirrup sends all of us horse husbands just into cold sweats? <laughs> you do realize that, don't
1: you? Yes, I do. I mean, uh, that's why I don't tell my husband anything yeah. about it. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's but I'm you most... don't
1: have to you don't have to spend two hundred or four hundred dollars to have a safe stirrup.
0: Right. You know, right. You and and get, I think get, it is kind of neat that uh, that this that safety has become you know, you you see the the Olympics now and they're wearing their helmets and the straps are actually strapped. Yes, you know it. It is it is different. Things are changing a little bit, and safety is becoming more of a concern yeah. as we go along.
1: Well, particularly with stirrups, because um, there are a fair amount of unfortunately, there's a fair amount of of falls and crashes, and while a lot of people will get away without head injuries, it's not uncommon to get a foot hung up in a stirrup. Right. That's right. that's very easy to have happen. So, um, and particularly at the levels at which these riders are riding. It would be brainless to not have a safety stirrup.
0: And, you know, it's even easier to happen when your horse is too fat. And I saw this (laughs) the other day. I saw this article, and it's actually it's the World Horse Welfare Charity out of England. They did a study, and they went around, and they actually weighed 230 horses in in the U.K., and they found that 81% of them were overweight. Wow. basically, we're feeding our horses too much. And, you know, you've had the same situation where you've gone to farms and you're going, they're feeding this horse way too much. This horse is just too fat. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it happens more. I think you find that we always talk about the cases where they repossess horses because people aren't feeding them at all. Right. When actually the majority is they're feeding them too much. And, you know, wow. it may...
1: I would like to know which 230 horses they sampled.
0: (laughs) That that I don't know. That I don't know.
1: This comes from being married to a research analyst.
0: Uh, I always want to know
1: who was the control group, which 230 horses, was it a double-blind study? I
0: I don't have all of that information, but obviously this was talking about, you know… And, and, you know, but that is why some of the feed companies have come out with the uh, diet foods and things like that, because there are a lot of horses out there. And, of course, it's bad for them to be too fat as as well as it's bad for them to be too skinny.
1: That's true.
0: Because of laminitis you know, and everything else. It,
1: it might not have to do all that much with how much they're eating, but more with how little exercise they're getting. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I just thought that was an interesting study. And uh, Speaking of eating, that brings me to one of my other stories for the day. I had found this interesting fax on the Budweiser Clydesdales. Oh. And it was a recently put out, and I'll, I'm doing a blog post about it, so you'll, you'll see it on, on my blog on Stablescoop.com. They have six hitches that travel around the country now. And they actually were started, I didn't realize, in 1933. A hitch is what, um,
1: uh, like a unit of horse and. Six horses in each six. hitch. Okay.
0: So each hitch has six horses and there's five traveling hitches that go around with the big wagon and the dog and everything. And the, they actually have to be a gelding at least four years of age and they must be 18 hands. That's oh. part of the qualification. They also must have four white stockings, a blaze, a white blaze on the face, and a black mane and tail. Those are the only ones that qualify for the hitches and they breed all their own so there's a lot of them that don't quite make it and they they all weigh about a ton. Mm. They eat this is gets into the eating part. They each consume 25 quarts of whole grains a day. Wow. 50 to 60 pounds of hay. So that's a bale, a bale of hay a day and 30 a gallons ba- of water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> 20
0: to 25 quarts of grain a day.
1: So what do they do with the Clydesdales who don't come out looking like the standards. That
0: you know, that's have. a good question. I don't know if they sell them off. Maybe one of our listeners could write us at uh, geeks at com and let us know what they do do. I don't know. Yeah,
1: that'd be interesting. I don't
0: know. They actually have three tractor trailers and anybody that's seen the Clydesdale has seen the tractor trailers. But with each hitch that's going around the country, they have three track fifty foot tractor trailers, some for the horses and some for the equipment, and they're all equipped with cameras in the back to monitor so that the drivers can see the horses and and the other interesting thing is that and I found this fascinating, having driven horses before, and for all of you out there that have the reins weigh 40 pounds. Oh, goodness. And with the tension on the reins, it's equal to 75 pounds.
1: Oh, goodness. So you're,
0: it's like you're holding 75 pounds in your hand driving these horses.
1: I well, no, the Horses are, can go up to 2,300 pounds a piece. So right. So, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of weight.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of horse. It was funny because I, I help out at the horse park over here in the draft barn. So I help harness up the horses. And each harness can weigh as much as 130 pounds. Mm. So that's that's just the harness on the horse. I mean, it's just incredible when you put that much horse together—six of them. It's amazing what what you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, and I mean that their sheer presence is impressive, and you can, you know, everything that goes into it—the weight of the the horses, the care of the horses, the the size of their harnesses, their tack, their shoes, everything that goes into them—all of that is wrapped up into this one thing, this one image that you see and you feel, right. it's enormity. You feel it. It's yep. it's not something it that you forget. <laughs> you
0: yeah. do feel it coming.
1: Imagine what it's like for one of those guys to step on your foot. Right. Yes, I have had
0: that happen because I I own Percherons, and uh, I have had that happen, and you know it for a couple days. It's not one of those things that goes away quick.
1: Yeah, and they're not the quickest moving things, so they kind of step and spin, and they look around like they don't know you're on their foot. Mm. Right, right.
0: Well, I think that, uh, people have been waiting and we've been putting it off. We probably should, there's a lot of other news, but the biggest news right now, of course, is the Olympics. Yes. And I think that we should, uh, talk a little bit about the Olympics today. Uh, we, we did pretty well in some areas. The United States did. And then in other areas, uh, not so well this year. But in eventing, you know, the Germans took the eventing team and they took the eventing gold and individual. They did a good job there. The Australians actually came in silver in the in eventing with Great Britain coming in third. We actually came in seventh. Amy Tryon fell off actually during cross country. So that that, that didn't help us. I felt bad for Amy. She was she was really upset. And but she's not hurt. No, she wasn't hurt, and the horse was okay too. So that was all good. As a matter of fact, I didn't hear anything about any injuries that caused problems with the horse or the riders at this show it's turned out to be a very clean show I have to say that the coverage on nbc has been great yes uh, it has been wonderful they're not doing so many of those vignettes like they did in the past where all you saw was a vignette and then they didn't show you the sport yep they didn't show you the actual competition here it's just been great they've had so many stations and of course if you watch online it's it's just wonderful mm. um and I don't know how much you've gotten to watch, but they have done a, a good job. And actually, i got to say, the Chinese have, have come through, too, here with a beautiful venue and everything just running smoothly.
1: I, I've i gotten to see most of the coverage online through the NBCOlympics.com. Um, I would either watch it live streaming, or if I missed it, I'd download the video, which was fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it it was hard sometimes with the programming. It was hard for me to catch... Um, an event live. So it's right. nice to have the video available almost immediately um, after to download.
0: Right, and, and you didn't have I to missed, listen to the commentary. I saw though. the
1: cross country. I saw <laughs> the Australians go cross country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the, the course was, a, was formally or is part of a golf course.
0: Right, exactly. It's every right. horse rider's dream to oh ride on a golf course.
1: God, yeah. <laughs> it was fabulous. And you know, I have to say, there was, I don't know what fence it was, but it was. I want to call it a, a tabletop, but for those of you diehard adventurers out there, you can correct me. Um, there were two wooden pandas, yes. right, just sitting right inside yes. the the bushes there. Yep,
0: yep. Bright
1: white and black, and yep. the fence was around a curve. And I'll tell you what, there is no horse that I know in my entire lifetime <laughs> that wouldn't come around that corner, take that jump, and completely spaz out.
0: Yeah, they did have some tricky elements, yet I think that they were pretty fair this year, although you did see a lot of people with, with penalties on cross-country, too. So um, I, I think they're figuring it out. I think the designs are, are getting a little safer and yeah. a, and a little better that way. And, of course, we have to send our kudos out to Gina Miles, who who did a silver, in individual. Congratulations, Gina. Uh, yeah, it was her first Olympics, and she took away a silver, and she was thrilled.
1: And she actually, she co-owns her horse, McKinley. Yes. Right? Which yes. is nice with, to see, Ryder, who, who's invested in her animal.
0: Yeah, she, she actually co-owns it with Thomas Schultz and Laura Coates. So, yeah, it's one of, it's, she's partly owns it. It's one of her animals, and she's done a great job. Actually, uh, she was interviewed also on the Talking Equine Show, our previous podcast. Yep. So we're going to try and get her back here. She's going to be kind of busy, I think, for a couple of weeks. But we're going to try and get her back over the next couple of weeks and, and have her on the show.
1: You know what I find really interesting about Gina Miles is that at 34 years old, she's the youngest competitor on the U.S. eventing team, Olympic eventing team, which is fabulous because, you know, gymnastics and diving and a lot of the other sports, they're kids we're talking about, 16, 18, 24-year-olds. For 34 to be the youngest competitor, I think, is pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, that is neat, and you don't see that anywhere else because I'll tell you what, when you watch the gymnasts, they don't even look like they're 16. I mean, these look like little kids.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And when you
0: hear them talk, they talk like little kids. Yeah. It is interesting. But then dressage.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. You know, at one point, I remember thinking that watching dressage was a little bit like watching paint dry, you know, until you really know what you're looking at.
0: (laughs) I know. I still have to agree with that a little bit. Being a horse husband, I have to, I can't admit that I actually like
1: dressage,
0: uh, (laughs) but I did watch it.
1: You can appreciate the effort appreciate that goes into it, yes. the level of training that's required to do yes, what they're doing. Yes, definitely. With this um, but it's pretty cool, like even for the the non horse person to watch dressage to music.
0: Yes, I did like that. I did like and, the freestyle. Yep.
1: Yeah, and um, I, Stefan uh, Peters, I thought did a great job. It's unfortunate he was out of the the medal running. But I loved And you know what's other what
0: else is unfortunate with him is right on the T V coverage on Oxygen when they had the, the the freestyle, they showed him and went to commercial in his ride and oh. came back and he was done. So on T V you didn't get to see the whole thing, so we had to go back and watch it on the on the internet.
1: That's where I watched it. Yeah. And uh, I thought I, I thought he actually did uh better than than how he placed, Right. but then when you go and watch Anki, man, oh man, that yeah. was seamless.
0: Yeah, she was beautiful. It was, it was, it, it was just incredible to watch. Oh, it's a I step guess, above with Salerno. Yep, yeah. it is.
1: It was a step above, and it was clear. You know, it, it's. But you know, that's the Olympics. It, it's not totally objective.
0: And it was dominated by the. Uh, Germans, Netherlands and Denmark, all in the same part of the world. They they had gold, silver and bronze in the team. And then uh the Germans of course uh took the gold as well. So uh in the individual. <laughs> and Isabel Worth was second and she had silver and then uh, Heinke Kemmer had uh, th- uh the bronze, the bronze right. in the in the individual. So and then we had the fourth uh And actually, we took fourth in the dressage team, too. So we were fourth in the team and actually fourth in the individual. So we weren't too far off this year. Four years, we'll be back.
1: Right. However, show jumping is a whole different story.
0: Yeah, show jumping was great. We have to congratulate the United States team for taking the gold in show jumping in a jump off. At the very end, it was very exciting. (laughs)
1: and we beat our friends to the north
0: yes and actually we're going to have one of those friends to the north on the show here in a little bit to talk about Ian miller which is uh, you know he's a true legend in the sport of show jumping we'll talk a little bit with sylvia today about ian miller and and what he did for the canadians but first the united states team made up of mclean ward laura kraut will simpson and bz madden uh came Threw in had wonderful jump off, and it didn't even go to the end because we ended up winning it uh, with one rider left. I think. Man, so it was it was a great thing. It was it was almost perfect that it was w- against the Canadians, and it's great for them because they really haven't done too much in equestrian Olympics either. No, so it's for- been a
1: long time since they've um, placed this high in shows. Yeah.
0: So we're very proud of all of them. They did a great job. It it was fun to watch and the the courses were beautiful. The jumps the jumps were impressive. I, it was just a well done. It was well done overall.
1: Yeah, you have to give the Chinese credit for creating a wonderful venue. The courses were good. I mean even the uh the arena for dressage I think they did, I mean, from what I could see on my computer screen, it's not like I was there, but um, it looked like they really did a nice job with the venues.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, let's go ahead, and while we're talking about the Olympics, somebody that had the best coverage ever, and she's our blog of the week, was was Jackie Baker from RegardingHorses.com. She covered the Olympics as a blogger almost better than the big sites did, than the Equine.coms and the EquiSearches did. She had it laid out so nicely, and I encourage everybody to go to RegardingHorses.com. We'll have a link in our show notes on Stablescoop.com. She she did a great job covering covering it she broke it out by the day she put her own commentary in there and let's get her on right now hi jackie you have done such a great job with regarding horses as far as olympics covers. there's no other place with the in the equestrian world that has covered it so well you've you've done better than the big sites
3: Well, thanks. I'm glad to hear that that's gotten out there. Um, That was kind of the idea. Back in about mid-June, I went looking for some information just on the Olympics to write up, you know, maybe a post or two about it and discovered that it was very difficult to find. And none of the major horsey websites were covering the Olympics yet. So I decided, well, if they're not going to, I am. So I started going out and digging up all of the information that I could and writing general information about the three disciplines that are included and rider profiles and news and posting the U.S. equestrian teams when they were announced um, and just covering all that information ahead of time because I noticed that nobody else was doing it. And they all started, you know, a week or two before the Olympics, but because I'd already been doing it for over a month, I already had more information and better visibility um, and people who were coming and reading regularly.
0: I loved how you broke it out. You did it by the day. I mean, it was just so easy to follow with the way you did it. You obviously took some time doing this.
1: That was a favorite of mine, too, the way you had it in sort of chronological order, so that those of us with very limited time could just log right onto your blog and go right to the day that was relevant at the time.
3: As far as the results? Yeah, or just
1: what was going on, um, you know, day 10 versus day 8 and day 11. Mm -hmm. um, You could kind of pluck your little spot in time and see what regarding horses had to say about it
3: Yeah, that that was a nice way to do it because, you know, a lot of the other places you can just go find final results and here's where everybody ended up. But if you weren't able to watch or, um, you know, didn't have access to the TV or the online channels, you could go and see what happened each day of the competition and how it progressed from day to day, which is really interesting to see who's leading one day and who's leading the next day and how the different teams are, are doing throughout the competition.
1: Right, it's like a, attending it virtually versus, like you said, going and looking up just results or snippets of information. This is more like attending the event. Exactly.
0: And you did a great job, too. You added your own commentary, and you obviously took some time to write all of that. And blogging takes time. People don't realize how much time it does take.
3: Yes, it definitely does. I would sit there, and I'd have the videos playing on half of my screen because I watched almost everything live. And I'd keep a Word document up, at, you know, right next to it and just keep taking notes as people were going, just, you know, things that I noticed and things I was thinking as they were competing. And then if, you know, the video was over, I could go back and type it up into a coherent blog post. And put up the results for the day.
1: Hmm. Did you find yourself getting sidetracked and getting really involved in the, the streams or the videos and forget to take notes?
3: Um, I did sometimes, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't take really copious notes. There's probably more I could have done with it. And I didn't necessarily get to watch every single rider and every single event, but I made a point of watching all of the ones I knew were top riders or who were coming in at the top of the standings. Um, but it was, especially during that last day of dressage, it was hard to take notes because it was so much fun watching the freestyles, and I didn't want to miss what was going to happen next.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, were you a veteran blogger before this, or is this all just a great big experiment?
3: Um, Regarding Horses is the first uh, blog of this type that I've run. It's almost a year old. So it's my first blogging experience, but I have a pretty strong writing, research, journalistic kind of background. Um, So it was just kind of moving those to a different medium.
0: Yeah, you can tell in your writing that you've you've written before.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's well, beautiful. It's engaging. It's great. It's it's to the point.
0: She's probably waiting for the I, other shoe to drop. We've been doing nothing but complimenting her for five minutes now.
1: <laughs> well, that's our job, Glenn. <laughs> that's yeah. what we hopefully yeah. want to get paid for someday.
3: <laughs> yeah, I encourage keep Keep me going.
0: Obviously, you've been doing this for a year. Was this your biggest hit as far as the number of viewers?
3: Oh, definitely. Um, it's been commenting on other blogs and, you know, getting involved in the community and making friends online. Um, and so I had a, a solid, basic readership. And every once in a while, I would do a post that would get a lot of search engine traffic. For instance... Um, I did a post about the Budweiser Clydesdale commercials and posted a few videos from YouTube. And for a while, I was writing about therapeutic riding. And ABC's Extreme Home Makeover did an episode where they actually did a therapeutic riding center along with a house. And so I wrote about that ahead of time. And so I have a few things like that that got a lot in Kentucky Derby time. Um, you know, and I was maybe seeing 400 visitors on my best days when those were spiking. And I started doing the Olympics, and that started multiplying by tens and twenties, and and just going up incredibly. So um, I've gone from maybe having 150 people visiting a day and 30 subscribers to at my highest nearly 8,000. And I've been averaging between three and four thousand people a day on my blog since the Olympics started.
0: Wow! Oh, congratulations! That's that's great. fabulous.
3: It is. It's exciting. And it's fun, too, because it's not just people in the U.S. where I'm based. I've got people coming from countries all over. I've had people commenting on from Afghanistan and Australia and New Zealand and Denmark and all kinds of places all over the world, which is really exciting um, the way that the Olympics has been able to bring horse people from all over together in one place.
0: Now, do you like have a real job, too, right?
3: Oh, yeah. This is all on the side. (laughs) What do you do? I am actually an internet marketing consultant um so so the well, kinds of things that I'm doing on here I it is I actually do on my job um part of my job was starting a blog just to get some practice and so that's one of the reasons I originally started but it's something I wanted to do anyway um, so it's been great practice for me in my professional life, too, to run this blog because I've seen how the optimization and the networking and the social media and link building and all of those different things that I do in my job, I've gotten the kind of practice and see how it can work on here.
0: Do you want to put a plug in for your for your job?
3: Sure. Uh, my company <laughs> is called site logic com s-i-t-e um and we do consulting and primarily for organic search which is all of your your natural search results none of the paid stuff um and we so we you're doing search
0: engine optimization type work
3: Yes. Um, We focus on natural search. We don't do any pay-per-click advertising, but um, we do usability is a big area, the search engine optimization, and the analytics where we're looking at the stats and figuring out what's happening and why on websites are a few of our main areas. But we can also do um, social media campaigns, and we do a lot of blog coaching and a lot of training.
0: That sounds like fun. So you're a geek, too.
3: A little bit. I'm more marketing than geek, but because I spend my life on the computer, I've learned to be a little bit of a geek.
0: Yeah, well, you're a I blogger. You're basics. a geek now.
3: <laughs>
1: she that's probably true. has a lot of geek friends. That's true. You can't <laughs> yeah, bring a blog to the Internet that's this smooth without having some serious geek friends. All right, yeah. This is. right.
0: We'll be lucky if we have any listeners. We have three horse geeks sitting here talking right now. I think everybody uh, just turned out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Horse geeks are a market. They're not going to tune out. <laughs> no.
0: Well, we My do. Ap- we appreciate you being on. Again, it's Regarding Horses, just like it sounds. It's spelled just like it sounds. And we'll have it in our show notes that they can uh, find a link there to your website at regardinghorses.com. And you're also, uh, we have a list of blogs on the website. You'll find a complete blog list, and you're listed in there as well. And we also have a page where we're we're showing the blogs of the week. So you are our blog of the week, and we'll have a little highlight in there about you for this week. So you'll be found many places on our website where they can get to you.
3: Well, great. Thank you so much.
0: All right, Jackie, we'll talk to you again soon, and thanks for being on. All right. Sounds good. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our friends at Easy Signs Online for sponsoring the show. You can get all of your farm or business signs there. They have large ones, small ones, fancy ones, simple ones, So your big entrance signs at the end of your lane at the farm, or your tack room sign, whatever you want, banners and... Post uh, banners and entrance signs, magnetic vehicle signs, outdoor signs—they have them all. What's really cool about Easy Signs Online is you can order right there on the website. It's all automated. It's very nice. You don't have to. You don't have to fret about it. It's. It's just right there. You just put in what you want. They custom design each sign for you. Send you back the proofs so you can see them. You know exactly what you're getting. So whether you're looking for a sign for your farm, your ranch, your business, or your home, check out and or visit their website today or call them toll-free at 1-800-640-8180 for more information. And please note that there's currently a 10% off sale on, a select sty- on certain select style of signs, so check them out. Well, it was nice of Jackie to stop by with us today and, and pay us a visit. I know she's busy uh, doing all our Olympic coverage on regarding horses, so it was nice of her to stop by and do that.
1: Yeah, great blog.
0: And I heard you had some fun last weekend. What were you up to?
1: Oh, I was um I was horse shopping in Pennsylvania. Your your neck of the well, your hometown neck of the woods.
0: Did your husband know you were horse shopping?
1: Uh, no, I told him I was going on a book club adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, he did know. He doesn't
0: listen to these shows, does he?
1: No. he knows, okay, He's that's... too smart. He knows not to. <laughs> good His blood pressure is nice and low. <laughs> he doesn't need to tune in. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, my 15-year-old quarter horse partner, Zeke, is has to be retired from riding. So uh, he's got an elbow injury. So I'm keeping my eyes open for something that's fun and wise and sane. And I went down to Pennsylvania um, to a couple of places, one of which um, is Watts Horses. And they're in Denver, Pennsylvania. Really nice husband and wife team that uh, work with camp horses and lesson horses and um, all kinds of good old sane, sweet horses who've been there and done that. One of the uh, one of the friends that I was traveling with was looking for an experienced eventer, and that brought us to a fellow by the name of Vince Dugan's stable. Oh, he's yeah, down he's in
0: down in Unionville. Unionville.
1: Yeah, which yeah. oh my gosh, Unionville is gorgeous.
0: Yes, it is beautiful.
1: Oh my, I, I'm in love. Every time yeah. I saw a for sale sign, I thought I got to buy this farm.
0: Yeah, good luck buy- with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Unionville is also very expensive.
1: Well, I can see why. So we got to to meet and talk with Vince Dugan personally, who is definitely an old-time character. He is so knowledgeable about horses. He is not as young as me. um, I'll put it that way. But, man, this guy can ride circles around a lot of the jumpers, hunter-jumper riders I've seen.
0: Yeah, he's sort of a legend.
1: Wow. Knows his stuff. Yeah, Yeah, uh, Yeah. He was... He was talking about telling jokes and talking about um, horses and riders and some of his old competition days. And he's talking about, he'd say, Bart this and George that. And he's talking about Denemothy and Morris and (laughs) Joe Farges. I mean, these were his peers. And uh, I definitely felt like I was in the company of greatness and a really, really nice guy. Just that he and his wife, Janice, were so friendly and so accommodating. Well, they
0: live right down the street, don't they, from New Bolton, the medical, the horse hospital?
1: Yep, right down yep. the street. And where fact, Barbara was, the, there's a really interesting story because they had this really sweet orange tabby cat, who you know, barn cat, sweet guy. Uh, and Vince was telling us that one day the cat had crossed the road and was unlucky enough to get hit by a car, and the the doctor, the surgeon, well, Barbara's surgeon, had. Taken the cat and reconstructed his hips <laughs> to save his life. You know, the choice was uh, put the cat down or let's do some serious surgery. So uh,
0: I didn't know they did cats. At I, I
1: don't think that they typically do. But
0: <laughs> there's a, For Vince, a, they're going to do a cat.
1: So Barbara's uh, surgeon, his doctor, actually put together, put back together this uh, orange Vince cat.
0: Dugan's cat.
1: Yeah, and he and I had the pleasure of of petting and enjoying some sunshine with his kitty and he seemed better than new cool
0: yeah well it sounds like you had fun and i'm I'm noticing here that we have our friend from the north on the line so let's say hi hi sylvia how are things in the great white north
2: hi glenn it's nice to hear from you things are going very well we're just finishing a really really hot uh, spell and i'm i'm glad that the heat's subsiding so what's hot for you guys well, 30, 34 degrees Celsius. Now, what is that? Um, it's gonna, I'm going to have to try and It's going to be in the 70s
0: was... or 80s here, I think.
2: Uh, oh, don't make yeah. me do math. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> don't I think don't it's
0: make in the 70s math. or 80s here, then. Uh, yeah. But that is warm for you guys.
2: It is. It's very warm.
0: And you're where, yeah. exactly?
2: Um, we're in Alberta, which is uh, one province away from... Uh, BC. It, so BC is is our lovely uh, west coast destination province.
0: And you're and, right at the mountains then.
2: Well, definitely yes. The mountains. Calgary is uh, is close to the mountains, very close to the mountains, and we're north of Calgary by about three hours. So
0: tell me, you've been to the Calgary Stampede.
2: You know what? I have never been to. The is Calgary. that right? <laughs> <gasps> the horror. <laughs>
0: That has been my dream. That's one of the lifelong dreams I have, is to go to the Calgary Stampede.
2: Yeah, maybe I should make it my lifelong dream,
1: too. <laughs> Can you tell a city girl from New York what the Calgary Stampede
2: is? The Calgary Stampede is very much Western. It's very much the roots of um, of what the Wild West was, you know, when you know everything was first populated out here. And... Uh, so they have they have all kinds of Western rodeo type things. They've got um, barrel racing and they've got uh, bronking buck riding and chuck wagon racing. racing. They've got chuck wagon racing. Yes, that's a very big deal.
0: And jumping mules.
2: Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, the jumping mules was part of Spruce Meadows, which isn't really connected to the Stampede, but. They did uh, have the mules down at Stampede, and they were just kind of touring around and trying to increase everybody's knowledge of mules and how fascinating they are and how versatile they are.
0: Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of the big reasons, we, two big reasons we called you was one, to talk a little bit about your podcast, which you've been doing for quite a while up there in Canada, and also mm-hmm. to raz you a little bit about the show jumping the other night at the Olympics where we went into a jump-off with Canada, and uh, we we ended up squeaking it out. And it was partly because you only had three riders left at that point, and you were at a little bit of a disadvantage in the jump-off.
2: Wouldn't that have been interesting to see how things might have panned out, eh? (laughs) Yes, yes, it would
0: have been. But you had the story of the equestrian in the Olympics, I think, in Ian Miller.
2: Yeah, Ian Miller, he's been to nine Olympics, and he finally realized his dream— and he came away with some hardware, so that was really good. Yeah, he's
1: something of a national hero out there, doesn't he? Have a, a unique nickname? Well, we
2: call him Captain Canada. <laughs> and so, so, if you if ever you're watching any of the big events that happen at Spruce Meadows, you'll uh, you'll hear them announce him, him coming into the ring, and and now you know we're going to see from Captain Canada. So, he he is somewhat of a hero in the equestrian world for sure.
1: And he's got the, the wisdom of a few years behind him, doesn't he?
2: And, you know, sometimes that's, uh, that's all you need if you've got a good horse and you still have your physical ability and you've got that knowledge of having been through all of those, um, all of those rounds of riding and you know what can happen and you know the best things to do. And it's, it's really wonderful watching him ride. And he's yeah.
0: 61, I think they said.
2: Oh, he's 61. Yes, he yep. is. Yeah, yep.
1: he's 61. Yep. And I, I was trying to be diplomatic, Len, and say I know, that he had the wisdom of beers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just throw it out there. Thanks. Uh, did they, uh, he got that nickname, I assume, because he's been captain of so many teams?
2: Uh, you know, I think that, yeah, he probably has. And, you know, he's, his, his riding goes back to the days of Big Ben. Big Ben was an absolutely amazing horse. He was huge. And uh, they used to just dominate in the... Uh, In the equestrian world, the show jumping world at that time. And, uh, unfortunately, Big Ben had, I think, one too many colic operations. He, he did have a problem with colic and, uh, he, he just didn't make it out of one of them. I think that's what happened in the end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's been, it's been kind of an interesting journey for Ian Miller to find new horses and it's always, it's always tough for, for the riders, particularly the Canadian riders to, to get New mounts to uh, help carry them through the journey, but he's managed to do it. He's got some. He's got some good horses now,
1: and like you said, some hardware too.
0: We have to congratulate the Canadians. They still have to be thrilled with the silver and in the show jumping team. They they do have to be thrilled with that. I
2: think. Oh heavens, they are. Well, I mean, the last time they they you know finished in fourth place in 1988, and that's that's the best that they've done. So. So they're thrilled. Uh, Michelle Viancourt, he won a silver in his hometown of Montreal in 1976. And uh, we're just thrilled to pieces that uh, they did so well. And we knew that they were coming in very, very strongly because they've all been doing very well.
0: Well, that's great. And I do think that you may have gotten the gold had it not been you were down one rider there.
2: Yeah. Well, and, you know, the nice thing is is uh, that Ian was able to do it with his son and his daughter there. Unfortunately, his his wife Lynn passed away of cancer, and he did say that he was riding with an angel on his shoulder. And that's what, you know, made him come through with that silver. Well, it is good that his children were able to be with him. Yeah, and he hopes to make it in 2012, and he hopes to, maybe we'll have Team Miller because both his children ride.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, that
0: Yeah, be they're cool.
2: both jumping as well. <laughs>
0: Hey, he's on a different subject, a little bit off of the Olympics, that's what most of our show has been about today, is you do a podcast also up there. You've been doing it quite a while, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to try and say it, and I, I always mess it up, because it, it, you couldn't have picked a harder two words to put together. Equinely inclined, and I'll put the link to it in the show notes for sure, but it's just com.
2: Equine, well, actually, yes, equinelyinclined.com, that will take you to the landing page, and it's actually part of a bigger website that we've been running for a long time, too, but Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the Internet Horse community, and we've been doing that since January 2007.
0: So you've been doing it for quite a while, and you, you produce it, I noticed, almost weekly.
2: Um, bi-weekly, biweekly is okay. what we do, and then we're up to episode thirty-four. But truly, we're much further along than that because we do multiple episodes when we go to uh, events. So, for instance, um, we went to the Chil- um, no the Red Deer main event uh, April before last, and we uh, podcasted daily episodes.
0: That sounds like fun. So what do you guys do in your podcast? Uh, And I encourage everybody to check it out at equinelyinclined.com.
2: What we do is we're trying to make sure that people that are new to horse ownership or even, you know, involved in horse ownership have a good understanding of what it involves in owning a horse. Um, Because oftentimes people come into horse ownership and they they really don't understand what they're getting themselves into. So we have health tips. Uh, We also have news and events that are going on across Canada. We've got um, interviews with some really high highly placed athletes and that sort of thing. We actually one of the things that people might be interested in doing since we share um, an athlete who's common to the United States and Canada, even though he was on the Canadian team, is Matt Cohn. And we did an interview with him in episode 7, which was quite some time ago, and it's kind of a getting to know Matt Cohn. And he actually hmm. came from Tennessee.
0: Oh, he's down in my neck of the woods. Well, I'll have to. Uh, I'll definitely link to that on the show notes so people can go directly there and download and take a listen to it. Mhm. So no, that you would be great. you guys do a good job. You cover the news and then you do some interesting things like this last one of the last episodes. You were doing fence building, and I, you yeah. definitely I I can tell try and cater to the market that you're in and the horse owners and what they deal with on an everyday basis.
2: Yeah, well, that's what we try to do—just educate people. And um, you know, we th- we were aiming at people who are new to the horse industry, but then we've had a lot of people who've been involved with the horse industry for quite a while, and they come up and say, "Man, that was such a good topic. I didn't know that." You know, and so we feel really good that we're helping.
1: That's great. It's very
2: informative. Very
1: um, down to earth. Informative um, episodes, but it's it it doesn't feel it's not intimidating to listen to.
2: No, you know, no. Um, some it's of these just
1: informative websites are—they just—they um, kind of boggle your brain with too much information. Uh, yeah. You've got nice, easy-to-swallow topics that apply to even the smallest backyard barn owner. That's something, by
0: the way, fun. we've never been accused of is boggling anybody's brain on this show. That's, <laughs> that's
1: just ever. our own.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's very kind of you. That's what we're trying to do, and so we're we're glad to hear that we're achieving that.
0: Well, this is great. I encourage everybody to go to over to Equinely Inclined and take a listen to the show. Again, congratulations on a silver medal, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again the next time we're uh, head-to-head. We'll be sure to call you. Even if we lose, we'll call you. <laughs> uh,
2: that would be fun. And you know, you guys should really try and get up to Spruce Meadows. The Masters is going to be on in September. Um, the first first week of September, and it's just amazing. You'll see all those athletes there, the Americans, the Canadians, the dressage people, oftentimes Anki Van Grinsden, who has uh, just won the the gold individual medal. Right. She she often does demonstration rides there, and it's just wonderful to see. Wow. Mm.
1: I see a road trip in our future, Glenn.
0: Yeah, and you
2: Sounds know
1: what? Great. We're going to
0: make a deal that we're going to meet you and your kids at the at the Calgary Stampede next year, and we'll both <laughs> go for the first time.
1: There you go. All right.
0: <laughs> Thanks Sylvia. Have a good Take one,
1: thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye right. oh, bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. That was great talking with Sylvia in Canada.
0: Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to talk to her again. She was fun. Listen for next week as we highlight our Stable of the Week and we do a 2010 WEG report or World Equestrian Games report. I also posted a blog this week showing the construction from the World Equestrian Games. You can see it at Glenn's Blogs at StableScoop.com. And Helena has posted uh, uh, another blog or two, so take a look at our blog entries if you'd like. Also, you'll see all of our show notes at StableScoop.com. Just click on the individual shows right there in the middle of the page and you'll go to our show notes. We also uh, encourage you to call and give us feedback. We want to hear from you. Give us a voicemail. You can call 270-803-0025. That's 270-803-0025. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on next week's show. We'd love to hear from you. Please call us or you can email us at geeksgeee.com. Sorry, G-E-E-K-S at horseradionetwork.com. That's geeks at com. So the shows are posted every Friday. Subscribe through iTunes. Hit that iTunes button. If you don't have iTunes, stop back to the website every Friday. And listen, we we love to have you on board, and we love to get your feedback. And we'll see you again next week, Alina. Absolutely. With the scoop. All right. Bye-bye.